0: Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to good news here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Deacon Al, and I get to spend the next 30 minutes with you. Uh, so happy that you've let me into your house or your car, by the way. Nice car, and the living room is lovely. So, uh, good, good to be here. When I, years ago, years ago, another life in radio, we used to make fun of, uh, DJs, and it was always, uh, so blue skies and green grass to you and yours. And if you've been listening in your car, thanks for the ride. So, Yeah, <laughs> that's been a long time. Um, so here we are to uh, to look into the the readings from our uh, mass this weekend. We're into the second week of Lent, drawing ever closer to the wonderful celebration of the Feast of the Resurrection, Easter. And as we're in Lent, we're looking to uh, make room for make more room for Christ in our in our hearts and our minds. By uh, showing more love to others through uh, through acts of charity, through uh, alms, to uh, make more room in us by giving things up, by fasting, and and through. Uh, uh, prayer. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of prayer at the moment. So it's it's just the time for for growing our relationship with Christ, because Christ is getting ever closer to showing us what real charity is, what it means to really give yourself up for the good of others uh, through his passion and resurrection. So this weekend uh, is going to be familiar with a lot of people. It's the Transfiguration of, of Christ out, up on Mount Tabor. And We're going to be hearing about that in our Gospel from Matthew. We're going to pass on our our first reading, which is a short one from Genesis, because I want to spend more time on the second reading, which is a letter from St. Paul to Timothy. Um, Very short reading, but very important lesson for all of us, I think. So we will will start with that. Um, Reading is from uh, the letter of St. Paul to Timothy, and Paul always starts off with a, a beautiful greeting, and this is a real common one for for him. Simply beloved, uh, he Paul always goes out of his way to to start his letters with a with a warm greeting, brothers and sisters, or in this case, to uh, Timothy, who was going to become at, at one point a, a, an apostle, a bishop of, of the Catholic of the Christian Church, soon to become the called the Catholic Church. And, uh, Timothy was very important young man in Paul's life. He first studied under Paul and then Paul left him behind to, uh, to be bishop, to be shepherd over some of the churches that Paul began. So he says, beloved, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began and now made manifest through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus, who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, the word of the Lord. As I say, it's a very short reading, but a lot being said here. I've had a number of people say, well, how come Paul never talks about Jesus being God. Well, he does. He did He did right here. He explained that, uh, that Christ Jesus was with us before time began. He's eternal, and only God is eternal. And now has been made manifest through the appearance of our Savior, Christ Jesus. So he recognizes that Jesus is God incarnate, God revealed to us as man. But the part that I like best about this reading is, is the reminder that God saved us and called us to a holy life. We talk about God being holy, or we holy water. We have uh, holy days of obligation. But what is holy? Have you ever really taken a moment to look up the definition? I mean, words have meaning. What's the meaning of the word holy? Well, it means set apart, set apart for use by God or for a purpose in reverencing God. So God calls us to be holy. He calls us to be different, to be set apart from the others. And who are the others? Well, the, the ones in the world who have no faith in God, who uh, have heard of God and have rejected God. God calls us through Christ to be different, to set ourselves apart. And we do that uh, quite dramatically at Lent, through our almsgiving, through our prayer, through our acts of charity. This is how we set ourselves apart because let's be honest, it's not a friendly world outside of Christianity. it really isn't. You watch the news, read the newspapers uh, a very sad story uh here in the in the Twin Cities. In just the last week, we had a young man um, murdered, gunned down in the parking lot of his church. This is not a world that's friendly to people, and so it's we, we're different. We're just those who who understand Christ and what we're called to—love uh, of not only God but love of our fellow uh, brothers and sisters in this on this earth. This is. This is a calling that, that was instilled in us at our baptism. This was, this was a covenant that we made with God to be His children and to act as His children. I mean, think of, of the, the, the division and the divisiveness that's brought to a family when children disobey their parents. Well, imagine the chaos that comes into the world when God's children disobey Him. And you can point it at any of the problems in this world, uh, poverty, hunger, homelessness, uh, war, and see that this all comes from our disobedience to our Creator. Lent is the time where we're we're called to take a personal look at our role in that and make changes in our lives to become more Christ-like, to become more the obedient child of, of God, the obedient children of God. And that's why this is such an important time, not only in the church's life, but in our personal life. So, I invite you to to listen to Paul's words and, and remember that we are called to holiness. This is our whole purpose, is to live a life that doesn't necessarily look like the rest of society, but looks more like Christ's life. And think of what he was going through in this time of Lent in the desert. He gave up things he gave up of himself and when tempted with the with the major sins of the world when tempted with uh, gluttony and when, when tempted with power and with when tempted with possessions he refused them all because he said that's not what God instructed me to do. Compare that uh, again back to uh, Genesis, back to the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve had everything and were willing to give it up for just a little piece of fruit. Jesus had nothing and would give it up and would not give it up for anything in order to stay obedient to God. Where it, Where is our loyalty? Where, where do we fall in that spectrum? when when we are faced with temptation you know we're only a week into lent but for some people who gave up really major things they're they're facing some some real hard temptations in their life and who what are you going to do are you going to give in or are you going to be obedient to god to, to stick to your promise of lent it's uh it's a tough time remember that in in the story of of Jesus in in the desert, he's not tempted until the very end of his forty days. It says that that Satan came to him after he was hungry, after he was he was tired and been worn down. Think of our own trips into the desert, whether that, whether we enter that desert because of unemployment, or we enter it because of. Uh, maybe a, a problem within our marriage or a problem in our family, maybe a friendship that's gone bad. We all have, our, we all have deserts in our life that, that we're led into. And now the question is, what are we going to do once we're there? Are we going to stay strong at our weakest point in life? That's what Christ is calling us to do, that remind us that no matter how bad it seems, no matter how empty and, and arid that desert is, we're not alone We still have God with us. We still have the love of Christ with us to draw on that strength, to draw on the strength of the graces that we've received through our sacraments, and primarily through the sacrament of baptism, where we become a child of God. Once we're a child of God, we have a parent that will never reject us, a a, a loving father that that will never refuse us or turn us away. Uh, But we sometimes turn away, as Adam and Eve turned away. So... Paul's reminding us that we're called to this holy life. We're called to be different, uh, not to follow the, the, the secularism that we see around us that, uh, are, whose lives are tainted by, by money or power or lust. Uh, there's far more richness to be found uh, by following a life in Christ. In our gospel, we're, we're hearing from Matthew once again, and this is a great moment. Uh, some friends of mine just came back from uh, a trip to the Holy Land. Uh, a bunch of deacons uh, from our diocese headed out to the Holy Lands for uh, a week or 10 days with uh, Monsignor Nolan, who helps head up the, uh, the deacon formation. And so he took this last class, and most most of the class went to the Holy Lands, and they just got back. And they, I saw a, a picture. They went to Mount Tabor, and I saw a picture of Mount Tabor. Look it up, Google Mount Tabor. This is not some small walk they took when they went up when uh, Christ took his apostles and went up the mountain. This isn't some little hill. This is a pretty good climb that they took. So keep that in mind as, as we uh, read through this gospel. Jesus took Peter, James and John his brother, and led them high on a mountain by themselves, high on a mountain. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Can you imagine yourself uh, being on being on the mountain, uh, seeing that happen? The Transfiguration has always amazed me because it, it ties in to what uh, how John described uh, heaven, where he said there was no need for a sun because of the the brightness that that uh, came from Christ, who was the sun. So uh, so here we have that same view that, that John sees in his revelation. He saw actually here at the Transfiguration first. And how frightening that must have been to see Jesus change from his human body into this glorified body. Uh, the bo- showing them actually what he will look like at his resurrection. And it's interesting that he has all this light emitting from him. Because then we have to talk about the Shroud of Turin and how is the Shroud of Turin made because it's not done in ink and it's not done, there's no paint on the Shroud. Uh, it's a photographic image, a photographic image on linen, which up until very recently wasn't even possible for science to duplicate. And now they find they can do it with cold lasers. So it takes this enormous amount of light to create this 3D image on this linen, and here we have the transfiguration of Christ, who's described as this enormous explosion of light that took place in front of the apostles. And uh, I think that that's that's quite a coincidence, you could say. It's quite a, a the way these two stories meld centuries apart from each other. So, here they're seeing the glorified Christ along with Moses and Elijah. In in the shorter version of the reading, it says they were just conversing with him. In the longer verse, they're talking to Jesus about what's what is to come, about the passion. They're there to strengthen him, to prepare him for the the uh, devastating uh, torture that he's about to go through uh, in in the near future. But he's also there to to establish who he is with the apostles who are going to be charged soon with with carrying this story, the the, the story of, of, of Christ to the world. And he wants to make sure they understand who he is without any question. So he takes these core individuals, Peter, James, and John, uh, and and takes them to a secluded location and reveals himself uh, in in his heavenly uh, presence to them. Uh, and what a magnificent thing that, that was. And yet, all they get from this is let's build, let's put up some altars here, let's put up some tents for the three of you, and they they don't get it that Jesus isn't another Moses and he's not another Elijah, and it takes the presence of God Himself to, to speak to them and say, no, 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 focus on this one. This is my Son. Jesus is what, is what is who you're here to see. Listen to Him. Pay attention to Him. And the 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 lesson I I draw from this is that what we what we realize as Christians about Christ isn't meant to be something that we just worship on a mountaintop. We're meant to bring it down from the mountaintop, down, down to the valley, down to the people. It's to be shared. It's not to be left out of reach. Uh, the glory of Christ is to be shared among us. Uh, it's not meant to be distant. So, that's just a, a quick read on uh, on the second reading and on the Gospel. And uh, we'll have more for you, uh, more good news, when we return right after these messages. Stay tuned. Good news will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org.
0: This is it! The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of The American Passion Play, the greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life, with authentic costumes, elaborate settings and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now? Is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Fried cod, baked cod, shrimp, grilled cheese sandwiches, mac and cheese, beans, coleslaw, dessert, and drinks. It's time for the Lenten Fish Fry at the Pontiac Knights of Columbus. Every Friday in March, 5 to 7, at the St. Mary's Parish Hall in Pontiac. As Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the Church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like... You can remain anonymous, 773-541-4159. Welcome back to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I want to remind you, if you have any questions, about the Catholic faith, whether you're Catholic or not, or if you have questions about uh, Christianity in general, uh, we'd be happy to try and answer those here on the air. You can write us at our email. Mailbag is um, goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org, and we would be happy to address any questions you might have on the air. Normally, when I prepare for good news and as I prepare for my my homilies at the churches I serve at, um, I spend a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in study, and I read commentaries from other people. Uh, Some have been used in in homilies at other churches uh, by other preachers. Uh, Some of our reflections from non-clergy, just from the laity. Some come from ministers from other Christian faiths. I I find our, our catechism tells us that there is some of God's truth to be found in every religion. And so I, I try and look everywhere to see what new truths I find or what substantiation for, for current truths I find. And I found this article by uh, Catherine Upchurch, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who, who Catherine is, but she writes beautifully. And I wanted to read to you uh, a part of a reflection that she wrote on this weekend's uh, Gospel Readings. So this is from uh, Catholic, uh, Catherine Upchurch. So what is holiness? In the Bible, holiness is the essence of God, who is holy, other than us, but none, holier than, than us, but nonetheless chooses to be one of us. This is undoubtedly something of, of what the apostles experienced in witnessing the transfiguration of Jesus. Peter, James, and John were in awe of what they witnessed with Peter even offering to set up tents so that they could stay at the moment of transfiguration, basking in God's glory, awash in the total otherness of holiness of God. But God had other plans and revealed to them that Jesus was the beloved of God, and God's beloved led them down the mountain to a world that was in need of this transforming vision. Much like Moses, who encountered the holiness of the otherness of God on Mount Sinai, And then invited the people into the covenant with God. Jesus invites us to experience what it is to live in relationship with God, the Holy One. That holiness begins to seep into our lives as well as we become more and more like the Holy One, who calls us by name at our baptism and who shapes us as people. To be holy is to be set apart. It is God who sets us apart, not in a way that removes us from reality, as if it's not worthy of our attention, but in a way that allows us to see the world and ourselves from a divine perspective. God sets us apart so that we will invest ourselves in the work of building the kingdom of God right in the midst of our daily demands. Holiness rarely looks like the statues of saints ringed in halos and looking serene. In fact, the holiness of even the saints was quite messy— They struggled with temptations, they worked to help the poor and the ill, they studied and and doubted and studied some more, and some even gave their lives. Holiness, right here and now, looks like a mom who commits herself to creating a home where discipline is matched with love and forgiveness. It looks like an old man who can no longer work productively but refuses to become bitter, Holiness looks like a community lifting up a family in prayer and practical support during a difficult time. It looks like the worker who steadily lifts up others so they learn to shine in their own work. Holiness looks like you as you grow in your desire to experience the loving mercy of God and share it with others. I think that's a beautiful message and so steeped in love as the core, and as we work our way through Lent, let's keep that in mind. It's not about being miserable for ourselves. It's about learning to love others even better. With that, I will say good night and see you next week. Speak to you next week. I don't see this. We're still radio. We're not TV yet. We're not doing the uh, the uh, broadcast, but we do have we do have the um, the podcasts. If you've missed any previous shows, please go to our website at catholicspiritradio.org and you can listen to previous programs on, the, uh, on our podcast. And I can't think of, of, of a more penitent thing to do than to listen to more of my programs. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to speak to you on good news. God loves you. May Almighty God protect you and bring you to everlasting life amen. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at com. That's goodnews at com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Can I ask you a question? Are you encountering adversity in your life? Are you carrying a heavy cross? Is your cross a serious illness? A broken relationship? The loss of a loved one? Financial? Mental? Emotional? Physical? Spiritual? Yes, crosses come in many forms and crosses are difficult. They can be very heavy. They can be over Is your cross crushing you? Do you feel at times like you cannot even breathe? Well, I know, I know, I know a little bit about the cross. And I want to assure you that our Lord Jesus is with you and he knows everything about your cross. As a matter of fact, he went before you when he hung and bled and died on the cross for you. Well, the world is being redeemed through the cross. As difficult and painful as our crosses may be, it is a great privilege to be given the gift of the cross in our lives. Listen, there is one thing you will not have in heaven, and that if it's possible to have nostalgia in heaven, we will have nostalgia for this, and that Is the redemptive and purifying crosses we were blessed with during our lives. Yes, the cross is literally joined to God. Jesus, God, and man allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. And if we want to be one with Jesus here on earth, we need to allow him to pull us up on the cross with him. Because in a real sense, that is where he is at and that is where we will find him. We can only really see the world for what it is through the view from up on the cross. It is there that we learn to love everything and everyone from the cross. Because God is love and he is one with the cross. Yes, Jesus died once, rose, and is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, but he is mystically still on the cross, redeeming the world through his mystical body, the church, and that is you, and that is me. And don't forget that the cross leads to the resurrection. I'm Jim Littleton, forming FaithfulFamilies.com.